Welcome to Rick's Rumblings. This is, we're talking about the untold story of the Republic. And this is the Qualification of Voters, Episode 2. And it has to do with the examination of democracy and to look at the voting situation so that you can throw light on the foibles of democracy. Since that, in terms of, uh, well, over the course of this, we're going to repeatedly point out that democracy was not in the cards as far as the founding fathers were concerned. When, when Franklin pointed out that we have a republic, when asked that, is it a monarchy or a republic? They didn't say, no, we don't have either, we have a democracy. That was that, that is key number one in terms of realizing that democracy simply was not in the cards. And it, you can't be more emphatic about that. And it is really <clears throat> a mark in the negative in terms of what's been done by the United States for them to implement democracy when it was never one of the choices as far as the founding fathers were concerned. So we have to go to the questions and we'll go back and uh, look at the, the first ones. I, I know we touched on those to a certain degree, uh, but it never hurts to, to review. And so the first questions that, uh, were, that I put down and felt that were more fundamental than not, and the people were somewhat either not at all aware of a difference, but if they were aware, they didn't consider it to be of consequence. And so, if you know, if you were to ask, you know, are you an individual or are you a person? And some people would, you know, who cares? Well, it's a, a really good question. And it's something that, that you should be very much attached to as far as it goes, because you really want to come up on the side of being an individual. And uh, especially if you consider yourself a member of the Republic. So you need to know this. Because when it comes right down to it, the difference between an individual and a person is that the, uh, the individual is a human being. And that's, it seems like, well, isn't a person a human being? No. It's for the most part a human being or an individual, but the person is acting in a prescribed capacity in such that a, you know, if you're saying, let's say that you're a, an attorney and you're acting in the capacity of an attorney for somebody, that's a person. Or if you're the treasurer, 
the person that you are acting as is your personality in, in terms of law. And so this is the thing. The door, though, is open because the law allows for a person to be a cat. If someone leaves their cat in the will, this cat is a person. See? And similarly, a corporate entity is a person. It's not an individual. And these are necessary to understand the, the, the difference between the two. And true enough, for the most part, it really doesn't make much difference on the, your day-to-day -day existence. But when the day comes that you need to know this, it's not the time to learn it. And so that you have to also remember that the uh, individual becomes a person, more so than not, as, you know, in terms of the law, when you are a person as prescribed by the statute. And for the most of the time, this makes little difference. But there are those instances where if you can show you're not the person, that you're an individual that isn't the person, and that the statute doesn't apply to you. That's one of the times. I mean, who knows? This could be something that's incidental, and it could be pivotal in your existence. If you don't know it, though, it's moot. And so, those are the, the basic things to keep in mind when you talk about whether you're an individual or a person. And just kind of think about it as, you know, a person is a personality, that you adopt personalities. It's like if you're the executor of a will, you're acting in the capacity as a person in terms of being the executor. You're not the individual. You're acting in this capacity. And so when you do things regarding the will, you're a person. And it's just, you know, and, and so when it comes down to law, you could be held accountable for your things that you've done as a person, but not as an individual. So this is why you need to know the difference. So the next question that was is, you know, what is a corporation? And this, of course, you know, when you start thinking about it, well, geez, you know, there was something said some time ago that uh, indicated that a corporation was a person. And you kind of wonder, you know, well, how is this possible? How can a corporation be a person? You see, it's, how can it be a, a legal fiction in a certain sense? Because when you're a person as, you know, an executor of an estate, that is a, a fiction of sorts, but not so much. But whereas a corporation is a pure legal fiction in that, in that regard. 
But the other thing that becomes relevant is a corporation is a creature of the state. It comes about by a virtue of a number of contributing factors, but the primary thing is that the state is the thing that, you know, basically it's, it's a mother may I type of situation. The corporation says, I want to be able to do thus and so, which and when. And then the state gives them their corporate papers and says, you're obliged to do this, those, and the other thing. And, and that's, you've become a corporation. But hypothetically, the corporation must always be in a circumstance of mother may I. Oh, this is the thing. It, it, it owes its existence to the state. And this is something that makes you kind of wonder because there's certain things that have taken place that are somewhat, you know, like, huh, how'd that happen? And one of those things was back in the days of the 1800s, there was these court cases regarding the railroad. And it turns out that they had problems with the locomotives spewing sparks, and there was a real possibility of the sparks causing a fire and burning down a building or a town or, or whatever. And this went to court, and the court decided that the railroads as a an entity at that time I believe they were incorporated I you know that I think about it but it's the thing is that the decision was essentially similar in the sense that corporations the other reason for forming I didn't t talk about corporations formating forming but I should probably point that out that the the reason that a, you form a corporation is mainly to limit your liability. I mean, is, you know, to become irresponsible. And to, and, and to also set up your situation where your whole purpose is to make a profit. And that's why you, you can distinguish between a non-profit corporation and, and a for-profit. But the key is irresponsibility. And so this is what happened. The court came down on the side of the railroads because if they were to be responsible for the sparks, uh, this could put them out of business. And the court felt that the expansion of the railroads was more important for all. And so that's what they did. But the, the legal basis for this comes from a different place in terms of what we're looking at and it's, uh, it's more comes from the place of the law that involves the um, what would you call ah you ah yeah you know I'm having one of those instances where the word doesn't fill in the blank because <laughs> anyway, it's not the common law that, that this comes out of. It, uh, and so this is the thing, though, that 
I wanted to just get across right now. I mean, I might remember the word, you know, one of these days. It, uh, but anyway, um, I'm trying to recall that word because this, this is a, uh, an ongoing thing, this lack of responsibility. And it's like, for instance, they did the similar thing much later with regards to nuclear power. Uh, at that time, no insurance company in the world would write a policy on a nuclear power plant. And so guess what? It was insured by the United States, which is the people of the United States. I mean, we were the ones that, under this idea that this was of a benefit for all and that we wanted to do nuclear power for that reason. So... That's the thing that the, uh, now, hmm. So, that's those two things about the corporation. Uh, it's like, I don't know, there's more, but it's kind of hard to get into that right now. So, I'm going to move on to the question about what is the United States. And, and as I pointed out before, you know, that it is an entity that's located in, in Washington, D.C., being the seat of the federal government. And as I said before, it, according to Black's Law Dictionary, that uh, it's the, you know, it may be merely the name of a sovereign occupying the position analogous to that of other sovereigns. It may designate territory over which the sovereignty of the United States extends, or it may be a collective name of the states which are united by and under the Constitution. And, you know, the first one, the first state, is the, the second is, is the Washington, D.C., the second is Puerto Rico, Guam, Virgin Islands, and any and all military installations in the several states. The third is what most consider to be the United States of America. You know, the several states. So, the question here has to do with the Constitution. Because I, I failed to bring that forward when I was talking about duels in the, in, in the episode one, uh, the Constitution is also one of those that we have more than one. And I, you know, again, I'm, you know, getting ahead of myself in a certain sense because there came a time when they modified the Constitution and the first 10 were done and up until that time, you could say that that was the Constitution of the Republic. And I believe the 11th and 12th uh, um, amendments to the Constitution were also kind of a rep Republic, uh, what do you call it, <laughs> under the Constitution of the Republic. But... Uh, the one that's uh, 
See, because that was the, well, yeah. See, the 13th, though, wasn't. And that's the one that, of course, is towards the end of the Civil War, or at least somewhere in that range, you know, during the period from 1861 to 1865. And so this is the thing that, uh, the difference as far as the Constitution is concerned, it kind of, you might say that the Democratic Constitution of the United States starts with the 13th Amendment uh, in terms of its difference between that and the one of the Republic. Now, I'm, I'm going to have to point out at this time that I'm going to use the term Republic of the States of America or the Republic States of America, actually, to designate the Republic, or I'll just call it the Republic. But it's too confusing to call each one, you know. I mean, some people say the United States just plain is the D.C., and others say the United States of America is the Republic. And I don't, I'm going to try to call it the Republic as much as possible, or the Republic States of America just to keep the distinction going so that you really know what's being talked about. And I don't know, if you want to do some research, uh, one of the places that you can go is to your state and, and go over the state constitution. And then it helps, like I went over the one of the state of Pennsylvania and just to see, and it, it's it's supportive. It's not explicit. It's all you know when you read it through, and, and you're looking for this as the underlying thing. Then yeah, it makes sense. But if you don't know it, then it doesn't make sense because the thing I guess that would have to be pointed out, you know, when you say, you know, what, what is the United States? And you, we already pointed that out, that was, that was D.C. Uh, you know, what is a citizen of the United States? And here is where you, you sort of get the picture, because anyone who resides and was born in the District of Columbia is a citizen of the United States. And they're not a citizen of the state in which they were born because they were born in the United States. And this is also true of all the various possessions and territories, Puerto Rico, Guam, Virgin Islands, all of those places you are a citizen of the United States, you see. And it would be only when, and should it ever happen since, like if Puerto Rico were to become a state of the republic, uh, then the thing is, you know, because of certain things, they would still be a citizen of the United States, but then Puerto Rico would be recognized as one of the states of the Republic, possibly. Possibly, I say, because <laughs> there are some other things to consider. 
And uh, when you start asking then about, you know, what is the, the Republic? And it was, you know, initially it was just the 13 states that were once colonies. And uh, you have to realize that the formation of these into the states of America was the, and we'll talk about this more later, but it was the new order of the ages. What they had done at this time was totally unique. And that uniqueness is what's been lost, and that's one of the main things that I want to bring forward. But I can see that I'm, I'm getting on in my time here. And, I mean, another thing I wanted to talk about, which is more to do with current events and also has to do with the United States. And I don't, I'm considering doing a, an episode just addressing the current events and, uh, and I don't know, shoot. It's one of those things I'd like to have more down about this voting situation and how it has its implications for democracy. But I don't know, you, you all have so much time. So I don't know, we're going to cut this off at this point where we're talking about these states of America as the Republic and possibly we'll get to, to the next question in the next episode. That's assuming that I don't go back and and do this more contemporary <laughs> current events episode. So have a good one and uh, we'll be talking to you later.